Father, as we begin, we ask for your Holy Spirit to teach us as we learn how to present your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, John chapter 1, verse 1. When we, st- when we, st- we're going to be looking at the study today, how to, st- how to study your Bible. This is important. This is foundational for anything, your teaching, your preaching, your spiritual journey with God, um, how to study your Bible. Okay, when you study the Bible, see guys, thank you. When you study the Bible, don't study it for mere intellectual assent. When you study the Bible, make sure that um, you want to experience a complete transformation of character. And the only way you can experience a complete transformation of character is you study the Bible with the eyes that that God is love, right? You got to come to the eyes whenever you come to the word of God, that God, that God is love. Okay, now look at John chapter 1, verse 1. Could somebody read that, please? John chapter 1, verse 1. Okay, what is the word? The word is what? The word is God. Okay, you know that. Okay, now turn to 1 John 4, verse 8. 1 John 4, verse 8. Can somebody read that, please? First John. First John. Yeah, First John, chapter four, verse eight. Okay. So there we have here that God is equal to what? Love. So if the word is God, and God is love, what does that say about the word? Okay, Jesus is the word. But if we substitute the word love for the word God here, because God is love, what, is the, what did we learn here about the word? According to this formula here. The what? The word is what? Equals love. Do you guys see that? Because you put love in the place of God here, right? Word is love. So in other words, the purpose of the word right here if it's love, is to re- reveal the love of God, right? Do you see that? You can't just say the word and separate the word from love. It's the same thing. So in other words, we're not to study the word merely to understand this prophecy or doctrines or standards outside of the understanding that the word represents love. Every time you look at the word, you should come with the mindset that God is love and the word is love and that you're only studying the word to understand more about the love of God. That's the only reason you study the word. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You're just studying to prove someone wrong or to learn about prophecy and you don't know about the love of God, thank you, then you're missing the whole point. You're like the Pharisees who are searching the scriptures and didn't know about, didn't know about Jesus, right? So you don't want to go there. So um, you want to understand the love of God is revealed through prophecy, revealed through doctrine, revealed through standards that God offers us, right? That's what you want to study. Okay, now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. Now, you want to fill in the blanks here, but you know, if, you don't, if you have a hard time filling the blanks, and you can't keep up, don't worry about filling the blanks and listen. That's more important, okay? 
and then you can fill in the blanks later when you go home. Your main point is that you, it's better to listen than to you know, fill in the blanks and you miss the whole point. Try and listen. If you're having a hard time keeping up. If you can keep up and do both, hey, great. Praise God. First Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. What is the difference between knowledge and love? Could somebody read that, please? Knowledge makes one someone makes people prideful. But what is it that edifies? Charity. What's another word for charity? Love. If you're just learning the Bible to exalt yourself, I know more than you, or you worship on Sunday so I can prove to you that you're worshiping on the wrong day and I worship on the right day, not in a with not in the mindset that I want to share with you, not prove you wrong, but share with you because I love you and I want you to be saved, not because I want to be more exalted than you and be puffed up and prideful that I'm right and you're wrong, right? And actually that type of attitude, I'm telling you out in the world, you turn people off. You know that, right? If you come in a prideful attitude that you're suddenly wrong and on Sabbath or the state of the dead, you're wrong, you're going to lose people. You're going to lose your family. Do you want to come with, but love edifies. You want to come with a, with a heart. You got to ask God, search me, Lord. What is, what is my heart like? Examine your own self. See if you're being a two. See if you're really trying to reach out of love or you're trying to do it because of uh, wrong motive or pride or selfishness. Or Any thoughts? I think, I, I think sometimes when we want to share truth, like you don't have that intent, but uh, they take it that way. And, uh, you know, we're dealing, when I share with people that even we're dealing with church members, I can't just tell people, you know, you need to do it this way or that way because you're dealing with pride, right? Everybody has pride. So you have to be tactful. You have to use, I got to pray about it. I got to choose the right words. Sometimes I speak too quickly. You know, I'm like, oh, I, tu- I got them up. I got them upset. I turn them off. So it's like, you got to be so tactful because with everybody, is we're very sensitive creatures, right? And so anything that's said to you can easily, like, oh, wow, it's kind of hard. But um, sometimes, like, with my family, I just be quiet. Or even with church members, I just got, wow, I got to be quiet because I, I think I push them too much, right? I got to pull back a little bit. So that's how, I, that's how I deal with people. I got to pull back. And I think sometimes you got to pull back. Whether a motive is right or wrong, not, people sense that, that they don't want to be told what to do or how to think or be told that they're wrong. They believe for 40 years and then what they believe is truth is wrong. 
and it can be a it goes straight to the to self, yeah, so it's hard. Okay, let's go on to the next one. Second Peter one twenty one. How did the Bible come about? We're looking at the study now. We look at the words. The purpose is to see the love of God in the word. That's the whole purpose. Now let's see about the study. Second Peter one twenty one twenty one. How did the Bible come about? Second Peter. Let's have the Hebrews. Can someone read that, please? One twenty one. Okay, the Bible is written um, as people that are moved by the what? Holy Ghost, okay. The Bible is not word for word inspired. You have to understand that. It's thought inspired. It's different. Yes, it's not word for word inspired. Well, let me explain. It says, uh, the Bible says that holy men of God, they spoke, okay, so they spoke in their own words how the Holy Spirit um, moved upon them. So, in other words, look in the Gospels. Like Matthew, he told the same story of Jesus, but he told it in his own words. But yet, he's not teaching error. He was just his own insight of what it was right. Mark, he told uh, what happened with Jesus, but he told it in his own words, right? And then Luke told it in his own words. But the, the thought is inspired where the thought would not be wrong. Does that make sense? That whatever thought that comes out of the word, uh, in the whole word of God, there's not one error in here at all. Because the, every thought, every principle is 100% accurate. But yet, you see, every, like, example, when I preach, I share the word in my own words. And then when you preach in your own words, in your own words, you're sharing the truth 100% right of the principle that's 100% right, but yet you're sharing it in your own choices of words that you're choosing to do. That's what it means by thought inspired. But accuracy 100%. That's true. That's true. True. Every word is inspired only because, um, like all 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 scripture. So the whole word of God, every word is inspired. Okay, but every author shared the inspiration of the thoughts that was given to them in their own words. That's what I'm saying. Does that make sense? That's why every author, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, John, they told the same story, but it came out totally different. Why? Because they shared it through their own eyes and what they believed happened. Though 100% of what they said was actually 100% inspired. Does that make sense? The whole point of that is this. When you preach, you're to share the thoughts that the Holy Spirit gives to you in your own words. Don't copy. Don't listen to a sermon. Copy word for word everything that's said and then parrot the whole thing as if you had no mind of your own. Does that make sense? I've seen that happen. I see, you know young people? I know young people came to here um, a while ago and they used to listen to a whole sermon, come out, talk like the preacher, walk like the preacher, act like the preacher, move on like the preacher, and the exact same phrases and exact same sermon that was exactly heard in that car right before the sermon, exact same thing that came out of their mouth. 
That is not what God wants you. God wants you to be your own individual, your own individuality, your own power to think and to do on your own, not to parrot someone else's experience, right? Your own Holy Spirit moved upon you to give your own thoughts uh, through the word that you said. But the point is this, God did not dictate to Matthew and say, use the exact same words that I'm telling you to dictate and write it down on paper. Yeah. He spoke with the Spirit of God in his own words, though. Yeah, yeah. but um, the thoughts that God, God gave him the thoughts, but he formulated his words to match the inspired thoughts that God gave him. And but what came out, the words matched what God's inspired thoughts gave it to him. He was moved by the Holy Spirit. He came out upon them, and that's what he shared. I mean, and, and everything he said was inspired, but it wasn't, God did not make it like a robot, and everybody came out and said exactly word for word what God said. He gave them the thought. They're moved by the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, and because they were moved, um, then they spoke as the Holy Spirit moved them. So they spoke their own words as the Holy Spirit moved them in their thoughts and their feelings, and it came out. Does that make sense? But it's all inspired, but it's spoken back. That's what happened. Welcome, welcome. Okay, so uh, let's go to the next one. John 16, 13. John 16, 13. Welcome. <coughs> okay. Um, we're in section two, the study, and B. Okay, how much of the truth with the Holy Spirit God is into? John 16, 13. John 16, verse 13. And again, just follow, you know, you can fill it out later, but get the thought of what's say, being said, okay? John 16, verse 13. Can somebody read that, please? John 16, verse 13. And follow along in the word if you can. John 16, verse 13. Okay, so the Bible says here that the Holy Spirit will guide us into how much truth? Most truth? Some truth? 99% truth? What is it? All is what? Meaning how much? 100% of truth. In other words, this, what the Bible is saying here is this. All, the whole Bible is understandable to everybody, right? Everyone can understand the Bible. In other words, you don't need a master's degree in theology. You don't need a doctorate degree in theology to understand the Word of God, right? Amen? If you believe in the Word of God saying here. In other words, the Word is saying here that you don't need to have any kind of training in theology at all to be able to use more powerful than the one who has been trained with theology. Because if God is, I'd rather have God be my teacher than the greatest man teacher on this world, right? Amen? And actually, if you believe this text, God can teach you if you believe God can teach you, you don't need theology schools. You just need the Holy Spirit in your life, right? Amen? Amen. That's what you need. And if you believe that, God's going to bless you in a mighty way. So um, all you need is the Holy Ghost. Now, we must believe um, 
that the Holy Ghost of God is in all truth. And the problem with Christians is this, and this is what I've seen this, is that when we study the Word of God, now, see, by, we say we believe in God's going to teach us all things. We say that Holy Spirit's going to teach us. But what I've seen is this. We study the Word of God. We don't understand it. So rather than turning to God and teaching us, we get impatient. And we don't wait on the Lord. And then we turn to such to man, such as pastors, and um, commentaries, which is written by man, right? And we humanly turn to the arm of flesh to, to interpret the Bible for us rather than letting the Holy Spirit interpret the Bible for us, amen? And we lose, what we do is we cut off the Holy Spirit from teaching us what he wanted us to teach us within that text. Does that make sense? You don't want to turn to man. If you really want to be used by God, you want to turn and plead with the Holy Spirit to teach you. Plead to God to teach you through the Holy Spirit. Um, we cut off the Holy Spirit from moving in our lives. Any questions? Okay, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7. Give me one more. This one up here, right up there. This one up here. This one over here. Okay, so Second Timothy chapter two, verse seven. Let me tell you a big, big picture today. We're gonna go over principles from the Word, and what we're gonna do is I'm gonna show you. Actually, half the class is instruction, and half the class today is practical exercise. You got homework there that's going to be done, actually homework, classroom work that's going to be done here. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you how to use the computer with electronic resources for the Bible, Ellen White, Ellen White um, Pioneers, and the SDA Bible Commentary. And also we're going to teach you how to use the concordance, um, the SDA Ellen White Index, the Bible Commentary. Um, that's what we're going to teach you today. And um, we're going to split up. Half the class is going to take you to teach you how to use a computer. We have three computers, three laptops um, that we're going to be teaching. Three of us are going to be teaching. Two of us are going to be teaching that. And the other class, because we don't have limited resources, the other half is going to be on the other side and working on the, uh, the book training. So I want to teach you how to use the resources that's out there so you can learn how to feed yourself. Okay, that's the whole point. And we're going to help you. The goal is not to finish the assignment at the end of this study. The goal is for you to learn how to, do, how to use the things. Okay, that's the goal. And, um, and then when you're all done, then we can go. So my class is pretty short, and then we're going to go into the practical. Practical is more important than the class. I mean, the class is nice, but really you do better when we train you and, and you can do stuff for yourself. Okay, so you look at, um, we're at, where are we at right now? Okay, can somebody read that, please? Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. What happens when we consider what is said in the Word? Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 7. Can somebody read that, please? Consider what I said, and my the Lord gives you understanding and knowledge. Okay. Notice what it says here. The Bible says, consider what I say. So if you consider what I say, then the Lord will give you understanding in all things. So consider what God says. Consider the word. Meditate upon the word. Chew upon the word. And when you chew upon the word, guess what? The Lord promises that he's going to give you understanding in that word. Now, 
I'm not here this, this afternoon to make things complicated. I think it's a lot of times we make things very complicated in, um, in uh, Christianity. Like homiletics, we can make it very complicated, you can get confused. But really the Bible is simple here. The Bible is all it's saying is that if you consider what the Word is saying, the Holy Spirit is going to come down and He's going to teach you what, um, what He wants you to learn within that specific text to you at that time. Okay, so um, I want you to focus on a couple of things. Number one is we must give close and careful attention to every sentence and word that you're studying. So if you're looking at this text, consider, say this text, you must pay close attention to every word. You look at that word, consider, and you go, what does it mean by consider? What does it mean to consider, by the way? Take thought, meditate, reflect. Okay, so you, do, so you break it down. You look at it, you, can, you take thought in every single word, and then you break it down, you look around. So that's the first thing I've heard. You give careful thought. The second thing is that pay close attention to what is said before the text and after the text, right? You can take one text and you can mean something, but it can be totally like, what does it mean to be, um, my, the spirits were in prison, right? What does that mean? You have to go before the text and after the text to just be, find out what is it really saying within that text. Any thoughts there? Questions? Okay, so you look at every word, you break it down, you, you me- and you meditate it. And then you're asking, and you're asking questions about this, this, this scripture text. And then you meditate and you ask God, reveal what does it mean, Lord? What, what's this trying to say? And you f- reflect upon it. And the third thing is that you must let our mind dwell upon that sentence of the word. So dwell upon it, think upon it, reflect upon it, and go throughout the day and think about that text, wait upon the Lord. What does it mean to wait on the Lord? You know, I'll go all throughout the day sometimes and go into trials and struggles. You probably do this. And that text by um, David said, wait on the Lord. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And this thinking, what does it mean to wait? It means that don't rush ahead and do what you want to do, but wait for me to solve the problem that you're facing at this time. Right? You wait, you meditate upon that word. And, what, and the fourth thing is here, as you're considering what the word is saying, guess what's going to happen? The understanding is going to come to you. you. And here's the thing, this is how God works. You can't put God in a box. You may not get the understanding by studying the word at that time, but guess what? Tomorrow, someone's going to have a conversation with you. And while you're talking in a conversation, and something that person says triggers an answer that you had a question to in that text you were studying the day before. Or maybe the next Sabbath, you're listening to a sermon. It's the most boring sermon you ever heard in your life, right? And you're listening, and you know what? That person said something that triggered your mind, like, oh, wait a minute. That goes back to my text I was studying. That's the answer I've been looking for, which was the most boring sermon you heard in your life, right? <laughs> or maybe you've been, um, you've been reading something that you've been studying in another book. Or maybe read another portion of the scripture that you've been reading, and that's something that pops out to you, like, oh, something happened. Uh, you're reading this text, and it brought to memory another text that you were studying, and you forgot about it, and God gave you the answer to what you've been looking for. And he, and he gave you the sermon. The best sermon is something that God gave to you. Not you listen to a sermon and you like it and you're someone else's sermon and you copy word for word and you're just parroting what was given to you. But, like I shared earlier, but you're not here to copy other people. It's nice to hear this in the sermon, you get the thoughts, but you've got to put the thoughts into your own words, right? Make it your own. Make it real within you. Any thoughts, uh, questions on this? Okay, look at your handout here. I have a quotation here from education. And it says here, in daily study, the verse-by-verse method is the most helpful. 
let the student take one verse and concentrate the mind on ascertaining the thought that God has put into that verse for him, for you. God has a meaning in that verse for you to make it real for you. And it says here, and then dwell upon the thought until it becomes your own. So, you know when I do my sermons now? I get the thought and I meditate upon it. And I, what is it? See, my sermons is not something I'm thinking for people. The sermons I preach is what God gave for me, the message I needed to hear. And I learn from my experiences and my mistakes I made. And I go, I'm sure there's somebody in the church that would gain from my experience that I had from the mistakes I made. And I'm just going to share with them what I, my journey I've been through. And um, say like this whole series I'm doing about the ultimate love story. How, how I was into like legalism and um, all these different things. And how the love of God liberated me. And I'm sure there must be somebody in the church that can ex- understand where I'm coming from. That maybe didn't understand the love of God and needs to see it. And so you're going to share your own word, your own experience. Don't make another sermon you heard that was a great sermon and just parrot what they're saying, and that's not you. You have to, even though it's a powerful sermon, you got to give what your, your heart experienced. What is you? What is the message God given to you that you can share that someone else can be blessed by? That's all it is. Share what you've seen and heard, touched and feel, right? That's what they said. I'm sharing what I've experienced. Any thoughts, questions? Anyone had? Turn into this is the last text, and we're going to go into our practice session. Matthew chapter 13, verse 52. Matthew 13, verse 52. What must one do in order to be a true religious leader, true scribe, a religious leader? Somebody um, read that please. Okay. What is that that a, a true good religious teacher or instructor would do, or a scribe, which is a religious teacher, would do? Um, what would they bring out? Things what? New and old. So bring out everything, right? So in order to bring out everything, the old and the new, you must um, go deep into the word. And um, if you can read that quotation, come someone read that quotation, please. Um, and the last quotation on your hand, not the study. On the depth, the depth. If you're called to be a teacher. Okay, stop. What does that mean? You must what? Study and exhaustion. You must go deep. You must study the thing. You must, if you want to stu- learn about uh, uh, depression, you got to study about depression, right? You can't just go up there and say, if that's your main subject, I mean, if it's one point in a sermon, you can go a little bit, but if that's your whole thought about how to overcome depression or anxiety like in Sabbath school today, 
um, stress. You got to go, like, you got to do research into what you're studying about and then use the, and I'm talking about Bible research too. You got to go into the Word of God, okay? Um, in your handout here, look at methods. I'm going to follow this for now. So now we're going into the practical side. This is what we're going to do today. Janie and I are going to have laptops. Where do you want to put the laptops? There? Okay. We'll put laptops here, and we have three laptops. And what we're going to do is uh, we're going to teach you how to do electronic research, and we're going to teach you how to do book research. Two things today. And my goal is I want you to learn, everyone here to learn how to do both in every aspect. And there's four different types of methods. Number one is there's a concordance or, or Bible library. This is a concordance. And this concordance, exhaustive meaning has every word there is in the Bible in here. Now, what do you think, what's the purpose of this? What do you think the purpose of this is for? Anybody know? Very good. Better understand. But what can this do for you? Does anyone know? Very good. How many of you ever want, need to find a text, like for, say, like before, like for Sabbath school presentation or for church up there, and you couldn't find a text? So you wonder, where's that text found? You're searching, whoever searched for the Bible for a text and couldn't find it. Okay. And how many of you ever actually looked, you know, in the back of your Bible, there's concordance? How many seen that? But you know that the Bible, there isn't one Bible I know that has a complete concordance. Did you know that? There's one Bible out there that has it. So what happens is it has partial. So all the, it's funny, that the very text I always look for is not the, I'm looking for the word disease. I know it's in there, but it's not the disease te um, text that they have listed. I'm like, oh, why is this a junk Bible, you know? <laughs> so anyway, I want to get a better concordance because I can't find, and I'm, I'm right before going up, and i got to find that text, and I, have you know where that text is found? You know where that text is found? And like, oh, no, no, no. I'm like, oh, man. The wrong day to have this Bible. And I wish I had my concordance with me. But who's going to lug this thing around with you, right? <laughs> so I'm going to show you tricks, actually, um, later on today with the electronic thing. Um, you actually can have it on your iPhone and um, on a laptop. You can find things. But um, this is something that's really good. This is exhaustive, meaning that every single word there is in the Bible is in here. There isn't one word or text that cannot be found. So in other words, you can find anything you ever wanted to find in an exhaustive concordance. That's what this is for. Question? Oh, yeah, yeah. And they have different translations. They have, I think so they have NIV and all that. It's King James right here. I think they're using King James. They have everything today. And in computers, you have dozens, dozens, even word searches. I'm going to go into that. So this is King James. So Strong's, uh, they have Young's and Strong. Strong is the best. Young is for the young, Strong is for the strong. <laughs> but you want to look at the words. You want to see exhaustive. If you don't get exhaustive, uh, it's like this. Yeah. It doesn't? Okay. If you have exhaustive, if you don't have to exhaust the word exhaustive when you buy one, because I bought one that wasn't exhausted, and you get frustrated because it doesn't have everything like just like a Bible. So you get exhausted concordance. 
and then you can find anywhere. That's what, there's two purposes of, of a Strong's Concordance. That's one of them. The second purpose, and you're going to learn all this today. You're gonna, that's your homework assignment for the classroom right after this. The second thing is that if you're looking for a word, example, there's some words that I don't have a full understanding, like say the word abolished in the New Testament or like, um, I don't know, Yeah, hearken or, or, or yeah, whatever, concise or whatever it is, about, or flesh. If I don't know the flesh and I don't know what it means, the strong not only tells you where every text is in the Bible, but it can it tell it's a dictionary of the original Hebrew, the Greek words. Greek is New Testament and Hebrew is Old Testament. So it tells you the exact definition of the original Greek, like a dictionary, of what the real meaning is. And you get other meanings, because I don't know, when I do a study, I look up the word, and I get different definitions, like a dictionary, kind of like a thesaurus, and I find out, and then I add to my sermon, oh, I never saw it that way, so I got it from a different angle now, and I present it as a different angle when I preach that subject. Does that make sense? So is it, not only is it a glossary where you can find text, number one, number two, it's a dictionary of defining the terms with the original Greek and original Hebrew. Any questions, thoughts? Does that make sense? Okay, so now you got this. Then for every book, there's four things we're going to go through. This is number one, Bible concordance. For every book, resource, there's an electronic resource. So I can go to my computer and give me a text. What text do you want to find? Just tell me what text. All right, tell me, anybody, just tell me a text. Can, you, can everyone see this right here? Give me a text, somebody. They give me a word that like, says a word. I don't know what this found. What? Pardon? But what text specifically are you looking for? Give me a text. Uh, kind of give me. Pharaoh's. Okay. God and harden. Okay. Okay, see? I typed in the word God and harden, and this is one the, co the computer can do the same thing but better because you can only look at one word at a time. But computer, you can type in God and harden, and it connects all the text in the whole um, Bible with, the t with, um, with those two words. And I see one in Exodus, and I think that's where it was in Exodus 8, 19. I'm on there already. It says, uh, the Pharaoh's heart was hardened. This is the finger of God, and Pharaoh's heart was hardened. That's in Exodus chapter 8, 19. Is that what you guys are looking at? Another. So you see how fast? I mean, it's way faster than this. It would take me maybe about three minutes to find it. Five seconds. You saw how fast I found it? That text, like that. I mean, sermons can be created so much faster. I don't think the electronic age is the best to go in the end because the last day you can't buy or sell, including electricity, that your laptops are going to be useless in the last days. But um, I use modern technology. And what I'm sharing with you now, this passes, a lot of the passes don't even I'm not even up to date on what I'm going to be sharing with you. This is, you guys are going to learn the latest um, resource on even electronic, how to um, be um, up to date on finding resources. This is only finding resources for the best for helping you with your sermon. Okay. Um, now, number one is you want to go and stick to the concordance. And this is, I use Logo as a program, but a Bible uh, research edition to study. Okay. And this way you can find the text you're looking for. You can put the text down you're looking at. And not only that, but if I look at the word harden, I just right click it and press information and then click the Hebrew and uh, and I click that. And it tells you what um, harden means. It means uh, 
It is strengthen, to build, encourage, courage, stronger, hold, go firm. So this is different definitions from the original Hebrew. Does that make sense? Are you following? So this you do in a dictionary what that word hardened means. That's what it means. Okay? Okay, let's go to the second thing. Okay, now you know the concordance. Because in the back here, you're going to be questioning answers, and you're going to have to find it using this too and using a computer. So kind of pay attention. Okay, next thing is Ellen G. White's writings. If you're looking for a certain subject that she's talking about, now I make it where my sermons are mostly the concordance and Ellen White. That's basically what I do. Once in a while, I go to uh, the third one, which is, uh, I'll go Pioneers. That's the third one. That's how people who began this church, they have books that are written, and I have a computer search for that. But if I have questions, if members ask me questions of a hard-to-understanding text, and not like I know everything, I just go to the computer and I check out the pioneers and they wrote every single text and they're deep. And I just find the answer, wow, it's deep. And I just tell them what I learned on the computer. There's nothing, anything new. There's no secret. So I'm telling you now so you don't, you don't actually have to come to me at all. You can actually go to your computer and you can actually look for yourself. That's what um, our founding people do. So that's the, the secret that I use all the time. Um, and then the commentaries. But Ellen White, if you look for a subject, you're going to look for, I say, um, the human body. You want to study about the human body and it tells you where a second um, testimony, page 352, and I get the second testimony. It's like a reference book, and you find out where it's at, and then you look it up and you, and you study it out. That's what it is. And the computer, I can go to, um, okay, so Ellen White here. Okay, give me a quotation that you like from Ellen White, and um, there's a couple words in there. Can anyone? with me what uh, you like from Ellen White. What quote is the next? Okay, by beholding. I'm going to put chin. By beholding. Okay, there's 525 hits on that. So, by beholding, you become. That's okay. You can use one of this. And she says here, and you can look the reference. And you look at this, and it's a book, Avenue's Home, page 331, by beholding we become changed. And then you study it. Every single quotation, you go to the next quotation. And study what she has to say about beholding become changed. It says, um, by beholding we become changed. And though far in the image of his maker, man can so educate his mind that sin which he once hated will become, uh, will not become pleasant to him. So, so you can be whole, become changed, and God changes you where the sins you once loved before, you would now hate, right? So that's the change that happens by beholding. And you can just do a, you can do word study. You don't know anything about a subject, you want to study it more, you can study it more and more and more. So that's Ellen White. Um, any questions on that? Okay, and then the third thing is the pioneers. You can order the books, or you can go on this laptop, and you can figure out the pioneers. The same way you search, you press the search button, the binoculars, and then you look for the word. I'm going to show you how to do that. And then the last thing is actually the Bible commentaries. This is the seven-day, there's many commentaries out there, different religions, but we have our own Bible commentary. And this tells you, like, uh, it explains the text more, like, a Bi like, um, the, like Ellen White. But you don't want to go here. You want to go to the Bible first, then the spirit of prophecy, 
and then the pioneers, and then the essay Bible commentary. Because man wrote this, right? So you're more accurate when you stay with the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. I always say, do your sermon first, and then, you know, read this, but don't take it like this is the law. You know, like this is absolutely 100%. Because, you know, it's like I'm fallible, we're all fallible, and man wrote this, so it's fallible. The Bible is not fallible, right? So you can be safe with the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. But definitely this is resource. So you can learn, like, the history um, why maybe the history of that time or the culture of that time or the background or what was going on in, you know, in the city at that time. You want to learn that background history? This is good to tell you all about that. So that's what you need to. Uh, and you can look it up here or you can go on the, on the computer and you can find out the essay Bible, Bible commentary. And then the last thing I want to share is um, before we go into your homework, right now the classroom work, is on your last page, let me show you resources what i did was we did <laughs> as a whole assignment um you can buy i'll show you where you can buy these resources see this on the back page you can buy from layman ministries a telephone number and a website strong's concordance we can buy it uh by the way this is for you this is a catalog there's a catalog so maybe you work after after the sabbath you can uh get that you can hand it out but what you can do, you can buy all these things, the resources, the concordance, the index of Ellen White, the pioneers, the essay Bible commentary. But you can buy it on CD-ROM also. And before it used to be like expensive, like $1,000 for everything. Now you can get all this for $18. I mean, this is crazy. You can get really cheap. Okay, and then, um, and they have it all in one CD-ROM. All of it all in one. It's really cheap. And then... We found out there's free, there's free, you can get all these resources online for free. You just go to this website, you get Ellen White online free, you can get the Bible Concordance online, download eSword, it's free, um, Words of Light Pioneers, that's free, and even a Bible commentary, Jamie just found yesterday, it was free. You click this site, and it's a PDF form, and you can, it tells you the whole Bible commentary, all free online. Isn't it amazing? And I paid like over $1,000 like a few years ago. It's kind of frustrating to see it's all free. So... But I want to give you everything free. But if you want it, yeah, yeah, I suffered. Uh. <laughs> so, but if you want it, a CD-ROM is only $18 anyway. But this is free. It's amazing that um, that's all free. So what I want you to do is go back. Here's how it's going to work. I noticed several of you go back to class practice session, okay? And then one section is the book resources. So half of you would work on the book, and half of us are going to work on computers. And Janie and I are going to be helping you with the computers, and Aaron and Star are going to help you with the books. And your goal is to answer all these questions in these next uh, two pages. Let me see. Yeah, two pages. See the two pages? These two right here, one, two, which is four, four pages, actually, but these next two big pages. And Right now, now's the time. Don't worry, you don't know how to use it, so what? Doesn't matter, you have to start somewhere. Your goal is to learn how to use these resources. That's your whole goal. And Janie and I are gonna help you with the computers. Half of you, maybe we'll go, I just wanna do this. 